welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. How many think you should be able to go to church, be prayed for, and leave healed? At least the kind of church Jesus talked about. He said the gates of hell are not supposed to prevail against the church. So that's us. The safest place in the world is a local church that's wanting to do the will of God. I mean, demons can get through six inches of steel. Did you know that? And bullets can't stop them either. No, we need more than natural protection in these end times. We need spiritual protection. Because there's a lot of people that are under attack. And it's not bullets. It's not knives. It's not bombs. It's thoughts. It's demonic activity. It's things that are... There's there's no natural weapons to combat these enemies. But God's given us weapons that are more than enough against these enemies. That's one of the reasons you need to go to church to find out about these spiritual weapons so you can keep depression out of your life. You know, and the, and, and the pressure to sin and all these other things and disease and sickness. Bullets doesn't stop sickness, but faith in God does. Are you listening, church? Sickness is an enemy. The Bible calls it a curse, and it's an enemy. It tries to attack God's people all the time. And there are weapons against it. Praise the Lord. Anybody glad for the weapons that God's given you? Now, the sad thing about it is there's a lot of people that are saved. They're Christians. They're children of God. They have no idea they have weapons against these things. And it's sad because they go year after year defeated when they could be victorious. And that's why you need to go to a good church that's doing more than just inspiring you and just exciting you and has the best kids program. And you need to be going to a church that's preaching the word and not compromising. So let's pray and get into what the rest of the Lord has for us. Father, we're asking that as we move forward in this service, the rest of what you want done will be done. Quicken us. Help us to understand things from your word. Help us by the Holy Spirit. He is our helper, and we thank you for him. We're asking, Father, to show us the things we need to see. Minister to us exactly like you know we need ministered to, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians 4. And I want to read a scripture here before I say anything else. Verse 20. I'm going to read it out of the King James, and then if we have the New International Version, I'd like to read it out of that afterwards, the NIV. So King James says, Paul said the kingdom of God, or we could say the rule, the reign of God, the realm of God is not in word, but it's in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. What does that mean? It means it's more than talk. It means we're not going to do our job fully by just posting nice posts on Facebook are quoting other preachers. We're going to have to have power eventually. Something's going to have to show up to prove we're not just another earthly club that meets and does its thing. Jesus ordained us to be a supernatural church that when we minister to people, things change. They get help beyond this world. 
And if you have the NIV version, let's put that up there. NIV, 1 Corinthians, do you have it? It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Now, we all know we need to preach the word. We need to speak the word. But if it ends there, what good is it? Speaking the word is supposed to change things. It's not just supposed to excite us. It's supposed to heal us. Speaking the word is not just supposed to give us goosebumps. It's supposed to lift us up out of depression that's run in our family for 29 years and set us on a path of perfect peace. If power is not being manifested, it's not fully the kingdom of God. It's not fully the will of God. The Lord wants us to be a supernatural church. There, there is no such thing as hopeless situation with the Lord. And if we're too much in the natural, we'll think there is, and we won't, we won't reach out and receive everything the Lord has for us. So we're talking about manifestations of God in the earth. Let me, let me explain what I mean by that. We're talking about God who's always here doing things that he's not always doing. We can't say God's not here today because the word says he is. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, believer. And when you came in, he came in with you. The Lord said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. We can't say he's not here, but that doesn't mean he's manifesting here. There's singers in this room right now, but we would never know it if we just walked in now. It's just they're not singing. Can't say there's no singers here just because they're not singing. They're just not manifesting their gift right now. We can't say God's not here. Are you listening? We can't say, we, we got to watch out about thinking he's not here just because he's not manifesting. I said, we got to watch out about thinking God's not here just because he's not singing or manifesting in miracles and power. We got to watch out about thinking he's somewhere out there and we have to get him to come here. If you came here and you're a Christian, he came here with you because he's in you forever. And he's in, our, he's in our midst because where two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, there am I in the atmosphere, in the midst. He's here. So we don't need to get him here. We need to do whatever it takes to get him singing, so to speak, manifesting in miracles, healings, power that we need in our lives. And there are certain things we can do to open the door to more miracle power, and there are certain things we can do to quench that miracle power. We taught a message years ago, and I've taught it quite frequently throughout the years, entitled, More Reverence, More Miracles. We have to be super on guard today because of the culture we've grown up in and since the 60s and all the rebellion and everything that's happened. In the, we have to be on guard for this irreverence thing because it's so popular today to just forget about reverence, do what you want to do. You don't need to be under nobody. You don't need to be submitted to anybody. You don't need to follow any orders. Just do what you want to do. You're free. You're free. Yeah, you're free. You're free to do whatever you want, but you won't get full benefits if you just keep doing what you want and not what the Lord wants you to do. You know, when you read about the things of God in the church, there is an army of God. And there are positions and places that we need to be open to respecting and reverencing. The move of God doesn't just happen because we're, you know, flippant and all natural. It happens because things are in order. Things are set. God wants to perform way more miracles in our church than we've been letting him perform. I think ignorance has been the biggest blockage Ignorance, people not knowing how to open the door and not close the door on the Holy Spirit. 
And that's why you got to come to church. You got to find out. You know, we, we need to come to church primarily to be corrected. Because if everything was going great, if we were doing 100% everything we're supposed to be doing, then we'd all be healthy, strong, blessed, prosperous, out of debt, free, ministering powerfully. We need to come to church to be adjusted. Kind of like a chiropractor. You know, you, you need to come to church sometime to be adjusted and corrected so things can flow better. We need today more than ever the manifestations of God in the earth realm. The Bible talks about in the last days, and you could read the newspaper and find out the same thing. Wars in the last days, rumors of wars, plagues, pestilence, an explosion of unnatural affection, fierceness, selfishness, I mean earthquakes. We, this is all prophesied to increase in the last days, and you know it's happening because you, you've probably heard about a lot of it, probably experienced a lot of it in your own life. Well, if I ever could think of a better message, th this, this would be it. Manifestations of the Spirit right now. People need it big time. Many people today do not have time to learn faith, and if they don't have some gifts of the Spirit on the scene, they will die young. Some will go to hell because they're such, so steeped in this natural, hopeless, everybody goes through this junk system. If something doesn't jar them out of that, they're going to stay in it. And I don't know if nice posts on Facebook are going to jar everybody out of what they're in. They're going to need the power. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter 4. Remember, the kingdom of God is not just talk, it's power. And I know this scares some people. They go, I don't want to talk about the power. Power scares me. His power scares me. Well, why would power scare us? <laughs> I mean, come on, power, power can be used for good just as much as it can be used for bad. Power can drive sickness right out of a person's life. A brain tumor right out of a person's brain. Depression right out of their life. Power is good. The power of God is something the world needs right now. So look here in 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to talk a little bit more about how this power flows into the earth realm from the Lord. 1 Peter 4, and if you have the, I think it's the um, New Living Translation. I don't think it's the Living Bible. I think it's the New Living Translation. You can get ready to put that one up. 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10, the Bible says, as every man, the talk about in the church, born again Christians, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Say, I'm, I'm, a, part I'm a part of every man. I have a gift, have a gift that I need to be aware of. Now, do you have the New Living Translation of that verse there? The NLT? God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So one of the ways, one of the main ways God's going to manifest his power in our church is through us. This is one of the biggest ways the needs of the people in the church are going to be met. There is no way every need in this church is going to be met because pastor's doing his part. I do not have all the gifts everybody needs. There's some specific things that you need that she has. 
And there's some specific healing that you need that he has. Yeah. You know what the Lord told me recently? This is good for ministers. He said, you need to minister to your people, to the, to the people I've entrusted you. You need to minister to your congregation in such a way that you realize I'm going to need their gifts sometime in the future really bad. So I better do a good job in training them because I'm going to need them someday soon. Ministers need to minister to their people in such a way where they think they realize they're going to need the gifts that are being developed in them through their preaching and teaching and pastoring someday themselves. And this is another reason you want to watch out about strife and division. Because the very person the devil is trying to get you to separate from could be the very person who's got a gift of healing for you two years from now or your baby. And the devil's constantly trying to separate us from our help. And you have to watch out about it because the devil knows that person's got a gift that this person may need a little bit later. So let me get them fussing and fighting with one another and in strife with one another so that they're not together and they're offended at each other when they're dying with a disease. And this person had a gift of healing to help them. That's why you have to watch out about strife and division because the devil's constantly trying to separate. He is the great separator. He is the original divider. Divisions of the devil this strife stuff and this, you know, he's the first one that left. The Bible says the devil took a third of the angels and left his own habitation and decided to just leave where God said he should be. And he fell. And he's still fallen today. So every, read it again. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Uh, the King James is interesting. If you want to put that back up there, he talks about being good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Did you know you can be a bad steward of what God's given to you and use it just for yourself, just for worldly gain, just for the world? There's a lot of amazing musicians today that are using their gifts from God for money only. They're not good stewards of what God gave them. Not doing anything for the church. Not doing anything for the things of God. There are, there, and they'll be accountable for it later if they don't change. There are people using their talents and their gifts solely for them. And that's not being a good steward of the manifold grace of God. That's why we encourage people in the church. You know, many of us have gifts. We use them outside the church, which is great and fine. But how about using some of it for the church? That's probably the number one reason the Lord gave it for you. Right. was for the people of God. Yes, go ahead and use it out there in the world. Yes, do the things you need to do in the world. But man, don't just do that only. You want to be a good steward of what God gave you. Use it for the building up of His people, His things, His work in the earth. Not just for a career. And, I mean, there, are, there are people out there making millions of dollars off a gift God gave them and they're not using one bit of it for His people. That's disappointing. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The issue is, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing so God can perform more miracles and healings in the church? Because there is a part that we have in this. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens, I'll come in unto him and sup with him. So there is a knocking. There is a door that needs to be open, And we need to swing that door open wide to the Lord doing anything he wants to do in our church. And if I was to ask for a show of hands, how many people right now need a miracle or a healing, how many of you would raise your hand? 
If you need or you have a loved one that needs a miracle or a healing, can everybody look around? Put your hand up high. It's okay. Look at this. You're the majority. <laughs> How many think it'd be good for me to ask in a few months from now the same question and no hands go up because you all got your miracle and you all got your healing? Amen. Do you think fasting a little TV might be worth it? Yes. So we can spend a little more time in the Word? Do you think giving up a few things for a while might be worth it so we can get more spiritual and get more in tune to these things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. I wish I had time to teach you the four messages we taught on Wednesday night a few months ago on the benefits of fasting. It's actually, the Lord's been kind of quickening me, and Dominic and I have been talking about this, about how Wednesday nights is, is 100% for believers. And uh, Sunday mornings is a combination, believers and guests and uh, maybe people who aren't saved. And so, so things are a little different, a little different purpose on a Sunday morning. But if you're a believer and you're not going to Wednesday nights, you're missing a ton of good things that are geared to specifically for you to grow and to develop. And I, we, we took four, four lessons on fasting, and we talked a lot about how people are just not living the life that promotes faith and, and, and success when they're trying to receive a healing or minister healing to somebody else. They're just not ready, like the disciples. Lord, why could we not cast them out? And the Lord said, well, there's some things you've not been doing that led up to you not being able to minister properly to this boy. And... He said, you need to do a little more prayer and fasting. You need to not just look at, oh, I got somebody I got to minister to, but what are you doing before that time of ministry? Well, in 1 Corinthians 12, here's one of the things that's our part to see more miracles. Anybody interested in miracles? Well, the Lord wants you to have them. For verse 1, Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, or we could say things of the Spirit, the original translation says, concerning spiritual things, brothers and sisters, I would not have you ignorant. So the very first thing Paul says here, our part is, don't be ignorant. Know about these things. Read this chapter. Understand what he's talking about here. Um, I, I know I've gone back to this quite frequently, but the word now is so important in this verse. Because Paul basically is saying here, I needed to talk to you for the first 11 chapters. Now, he didn't write this in chapter and verse form. It's, it's that way for study's sake. That was added by translators later. This was a letter. But we could say it this way. He spent 11 chapters of talking about other things before he could talk to them about spiritual things. Power of God, miracles, healings, as we read on in this chapter. He had to address some other issues before he could say, now let's talk about the manifestations of the Spirit, how you can see more of them, how you can see more miracles and more power. Now. That word now is really important. In other words, we might want to read chapters 1 through 11, and I won't do it right now, <laughs> to, to realize what led up to this. Now concerning spiritual gifts. So I, I thought it was interesting because if you read, and we, we mentioned this briefly, but it's been a couple weeks since I've taught on this. If you read chapter 1 through 11 before the word now here, he deals with about four or five things in the church of Corinth that they needed to get their act together in. Paul talked about their carnality, their babyhood Christianity when they should have been more mature. He talked about them having Christian celebrities in their life saying, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos. It talked about envy and strife and divisions. He talked about sexual sins in the church, fornication. He talked about uh, going and suing brothers and sisters and going to the law out there and how that was just not what, he, not what you're supposed to do as a Christian. You're supposed to fix things in the church. 
And they talked about marriage issues and divorce and remarriage. And they talked about not walking in love and violating love during uh, communion and people being sick and not living long because of all this strife in the church and not rightly discerning one another, that you're a part of me and I'm a part of you. And just all this stuff. He had to deal with all this stuff. And then after he gets all that talked about, he says, now let's talk about miracles, yeah. healings, deliverance, special faith discerning of spirits, prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Paul said, I, I, had, to, I had to, now one of the reasons he did, and I wrote this down, think about this. God wants you okay first, not just your ministry. Yeah. See, when we're talking about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about you being used of God in powerful ministry to hurting people. But he took 11 chapters in showing us that God wants you okay, not just your ministry. He wants you okay. You know, you, you, these things need to be corrected in your life because if they're not, your relationship and fellowship with God's going to be messed up. Your relationship with other people in the church is going to be messed up. You're not going to have the peace that you need to have. God said, I want you okay, not just your ministry okay. And so he took 11 chapters telling them, listen, before we start talking about powerful, miraculous healing ministry, I want you fixed. I want to make sure you're doing good. I mean, no, that's just like the Lord. And he starts talking about people that just too much in the natural, not enough in the Word of God, not enough in the spiritual. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So back up just a little bit here. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. I know we've gone over some of this, but it's been a while since I've taught this, and I really feel like we need to make sure it doesn't slip. In verse 14, Paul says to Christians everywhere, not just in Corinth, Paul said, the wicked evil man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Is that what it said? Oh, did I misquote that? I did on purpose. Most people are on guard for evil. Most people are on guard for wicked. Hardly anybody's on guard for too natural. Do you know there is such a thing as too much TV where it will mess you up and you will not be ready for the next attack of the devil or sickness or disease on you or a loved one? Do you realize there's such a thing as too much video games? Now don't go out of here saying I'm preaching against TV and video games. I'm just saying there is a level of too much where you are too dull to handle the crisis at hand. Let me tell you how Jesus put it in the book of Luke. Luke, it says this. Jesus said, concerning the end times which we're living in, whether you like it or not, these are the last of the last days. Jesus said in the end times, watch out about your heart being overcharged, not your physical heart. He's talking about watch out about your spirit being overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness that that day come upon you unaware. What's he talking about? Things in our life that we're indulging in going too far in certain okay things to where we are dull spiritually and that day overtakes us like a thief. Moves of God, whatever, up to that day. Your heart can be overcharged with overeating and drunkenness. And I, I, and I think it even goes beyond food. Overindulging in things that are pleasurable. You know, too much pleasurable makes you dull spiritually. 
Here's a word that I think we as a church need to like, be welcome to, open up to, and that is the word fasting. I got one yeah. Who said yeah? <laughs> Did you say yeah? Should we try that again? <laughs> of course, you can abuse anything. Of course, you can go too far in anything. But I do believe one thing that will help this church is if we're a little more open to this thing called fasting and praying instead of whatever we were going to be doing at that time. Jesus actually told the disciples one time when he had just cast the devil out of this boy who had all these epileptic fits, rolling in the fire, rolling in the water, foaming at the mouth. Jesus set this boy free and the disciples said, Lord, why couldn't we do that? That's a great question. Basically, if you read chapters before, they had the power to do it. But they dropped in their sensitivity and awareness of that power because of some things that were going on in their life before this time of ministry was presented to them. Basically, this man had a, a, a son who was terribly ill, harassed by an evil spirit, rolling around, foaming at the mouth. They, he brought him to the disciples while Jesus was praying up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. And they didn't get any results. The apostles did not get any results. Though they had power to get results, they didn't get any results. Jesus comes down off the mountain, and they were all greatly amazed when they saw him after that time of amazing prayer. And they saluted him, and the man said, Lord, I brought my son to your disciples to cure him, and they could not. And Jesus said, he, he didn't say what religion says. Religion would say, well, if the disciples of the Lord prayed for him and he didn't get healed, it must not be the will of the Lord that he's healed. That's what religion says. You know what Jesus said was the reason? He said, you're a faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. If you're not getting results through prayer, if you're not getting results through the best evangelists in the world praying for you, how about you just go closer to Jesus, get a little lower before him, and find out what's going on? Because he wants you free. Even if the best prayed for you and you didn't get free, he still wants you free. Mark chapter 9 proves that. And so Jesus said, bring him to me. And they brought him to him. And the boy took a fit right there in front of Jesus. The devil trying to throw Jesus off, get him nervous. Well, the Lord didn't get nervous. He just said, how long has this been going on? And the man's crying out, Lord, ever since he was a child, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe. All things are possible to him that believes. And the man cried out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus set the boy completely free, cast a spirit out of him, because that was the problem in this situation. That's why we need the gifts of the spirit to tell, is it a spirit or is it something that just needs healing? Well, this one was a spirit, cast a spirit out, boy was totally set free, rose up completely well, and the disciples said, Jesus, after all that was done, why couldn't we do that? You already gave us power to cast out devils and cure all diseases. Why, why didn't it work today? Why didn't it work today? We had the power. You gave it to us seven chapters ago. <laughs> why didn't it work? And the Lord said, because of your unbelief. Yeah. See, most people don't want to hear that's the answer. They want to hear, because it was my will that you're not healed this time, little one. Well, it just wasn't the will of the Lord. The sovereign will of God said no to this prayer. And the sovereign, no, it's your unbelief. I'm going to go with Jesus. 
Now, you know what the good news about that is? Unbelief is not an incurable problem. Right. Unbelief can be fixed. How? Somebody tell me how. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Get in the Word. Dive in the Word. Fill up on faith. And so they said, the Lord said, because of your unbelief. And then he said, how be it, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. So I believe what the, one of the things the Lord was saying here, your unbelief didn't get any results. And there's a reason for your unbelief. How you're living before times of ministry is very important. Are you all indulged in the natural only? Uh, hearts overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness? Are, are you just weighed down by the natural realm? Or do you got some spirituality about you because you've been doing some fasting and praying, saying no to some things that are pleasurable, spending that time praying, getting more spiritual, becoming more aware and sensitive to the power you do have? What are you doing? He said, how be it this kind? So are there some problems in life you might have to do a little fasting and praying to overcome? Yes. Listen very carefully. Fasting does not change God. He wants you free before you fast, during your fast, and after your fast. Fasting doesn't give us more power. Jesus already gave us all power over all demons and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. He already gave us his name that's above every name in the name of, you know, it's above the name of cancer, AIDS, HIV, mental oppression, brain tumor. We've got a name that's above every name. But fasting at times and praying instead of indulging in that thing that you were going to do makes you more aware of and sensitive to what you do have. It doesn't change God. It changes you. Fasting changes us. It puts us on a higher plane where we're more aware of the power he has given us. We're more aware of faith. It's not fuzzy. It's not a distant echo in the background because all this natural stuff is in the forefront of our life. We've actually notched up a few levels spiritually and we're more aware of the authority we have in the name of Jesus. We're more aware of faith. We're more aware of the power we have over all the power of the devil. And it works better because we're more aware of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so guess what you get to hear for the last few minutes? We'll talk a little bit about fasting and how that's going to position us in a better place to receive quicker from the Lord and minister better to others. Ushers, lock the doors. No. <laughs> Turn with me to Matthew um, 17. Oh, excuse me, Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Anybody remember the last scripture? Hmm? Go, oh, you know what? Go to 1 Corinthians 2.14 again. Go to 1 Corinthians 2.14. The what man receives not the things of the Spirit of God? Now, y'all know that things of the Spirit of God include manifestations of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-10, right? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to or through every man to profit with all. I'm just quoting this. Keep that up there. The Bible says, quote, To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Knowing things about the future, you can no way know except he revealed it to you. Doesn't mean you know everything about the future. This is a word of wisdom for a specific situation that will help you great. How many think a word of wisdom would be good right now, more, more manifested in our church? How many think a word of wisdom would be a good idea to know something about a shooter 
who's going a certain place to shoot that we for some reason can't change through prayer, but we don't have to be there because we knew something by a word of wisdom. Don't go today. Keep your kids home today. Shop tomorrow, not today. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a word of wisdom is a manifestation of God in the earth realm that he wants to do in our church a lot more than we've been allowing him to do because we don't even know about these things like we should. And that's why I'm teaching them. A word of wisdom is a powerful manifestation of the Holy Spirit to help people supernaturally. <clears throat> How many think it'd be good to have a word of wisdom on 9-11 a few decades ago? Yes. Something's going to happen at work today. Stay home. I mean, I think that's a really good word yeah. to sa save your life. <clears throat> then the Bible talks about a word of knowledge being a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which is knowing something supernaturally about the present or the past. You can no way know except God reveal it to you. Hmm? Yeah. We talked about this a few weeks ago, too, how Jesus with the woman at the well. He said, go call your husband. He's witnessing to her. Go call your husband. She goes, uh, Jesus, I don't have a husband. And the Lord got a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. And he didn't even know this woman. He said, uh, you've had five husbands. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. In that you said, truly, I have no husband. How did the Lord know that? How did he know something about the present and the past that he could no way know in the natural because he didn't even know this woman? Never met her before. How could he know that? Holy Spirit gave him a word of knowledge. <laughs> and this word of knowledge resulted in about a whole city getting saved when she went back and witnessed to them about what Jesus had revealed. Oh, no, you've had five husbands. And, by the way, the one you're living with now because she said, I have no husband. He said, yeah, and the one you're living with now, he's not your husband. Y'all realize that living together with somebody doesn't mean you're married. Right. In the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> Whole another sermon. We can talk about that later. Um, Romans, so wait, before you go to Romans, notice here, the natural man's going to have a hard time. It doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Would that include word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of healings, working of miracles? There's nine manifestations listed in 1 Corinthians 12. I only mentioned two of them. It says, for these things of God are foolish to the natural man. So you can be so involved in the natural realm only, you know, never going to church, never hearing about spiritual things, never reading your Bible, never praying. You can be so engulfed in the natural realm where when somebody comes on the scene who's acting spiritual and preaching spiritual things, you think they're foolish because you're so engulfed in the natural. They're not foolish. It's just these people are way too natural. Oblivious to reality beyond this world. This little tiny little earth life. There is so much more going on. Paul said concerning things of the spirit. I don't want you ignorant church. Don't go to Hollywood to get your information. Don't go to these stupid books to get your information. Go to the Bible. If you want to know about angels and demons. Go to the Bible. Go to Faith Heights Church. Go to churches that are not, cut, not holding back and preaching the word. You go to Hollywood to find out about demons, you get afraid of the devil and demons, which is the most stupid thing you could be involved with. 
Why would we be afraid of a defeated foe who we have power over and the only thing he can do to us is what we allow him to do to us? <laughs> do you ever look at the scripture in Ephesians 4.27? It says, hey, believer, don't give any place to the devil and demons. What? Don't give him any place. What does that mean? That means if he's got a place, you gave it to him. Either ignorantly or knowingly in rebellion. I don't know. How many know if you did give place to the devil, you can kick him out, shut the door, Amen. <laughs> right? And not let him harass you anymore. Paul said, I don't want you ignorant of spiritual things. What's he talking about spiritual things? There is a realm Beyond this natural realms, the five physical senses, there is a realm of the spirit. Angels are in this room right now. Hoping and probably believing that you and I will allow them to do more for us. By believing right and talking right. Now, let me tell you, one of the things that stops the angels from helping you and opens the door to demons to harass you. I'm just going to give you some information. I've got scripture for it. Complaining and worrying slow your angels down from helping you and give place to the enemy to harass you. When God says don't complain, he's not just saying it because goody goody Christians don't complain. He's saying it because he doesn't want you opening the door to evil forces to harass you. Why say give no place to the devil if you couldn't give him place? What gives him place? Come on, what give, well the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 that those that murmured against the Lord in the wilderness when, he, when God delivered his people out of Egypt and heading them toward the promised land, it said that a bunch of them committed fornication and they were, uh, the, the earth opened up and swallowed them. It said a bunch of them were idolaters and bad things happened to them. And then it said a bunch of them were complainers and they were destroyed of the destroyer. <laughs> What's worse, fornication or complaining? How about we just stay away from both because they have both similar ends if they're not repented of. If they're not repented of. I say, how about we stay away from both? Why, pastor? Because goody-goody Christians don't have sex outside of marriage and because goody-goody Christians don't complain? No, because we love the Lord and we don't want to be destroyed. Is that good enough? <laughs> okay, we're moving right along here. Romans 8, 6. What does it say in Romans chapter 8, verse 6? What man receives not the things of the Spirit of God? The evil, wicked man. All you have to be is too natural and you'll be a bad receiver of the things of the Spirit of God, which would include manifestations of the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is kind of a drag it's you know a little uncomfortable not super fun way more serious than that what is to be carnally minded death. what is it death. it's death he didn't say to be wickedly minded satanic minded yes those things are bad yes you need he said all you gotta be is too carnally minded and it will start killing things in your life Many marriages have been killed because of too much carnality in those marriages. Too much thinking about personal satisfaction. 
Too much thinking about the flesh only. Paul said this. He said in 1 Corinthians 7, he says, married people, listen. There's one thing you need to be on guard for more than anything else. If you've got marriage problems, here's where you need to look. Paul said, if you're going to get married, you will have trouble in the flesh. Somebody is being too fleshy, too carnal, too selfish. Where's the trouble come in marriages? Somebody's just not spiritual like they need to be. How many know you got to watch out about this stuff? Here it says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There is a spirit realm. There are things of the spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. There are angels. There are demons. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. There is a spirit realm. This natural realm came out of that, in that spirit realm. Just because it's invisible doesn't mean it's not real. It's very real, yet invisible to the five physical senses. But you sense things in that realm all the time. Fear is a spiritual force. Faith is a spiritual force. Love is a spiritual force. Hate is a spiritual force. Oh, I mean, you know, there are some problems medication won't fix because it's not, it, there's, some, there's something more spiritual involved. Are you listening, church? And, you know, I know as we start talking about these things, our awareness comes up in these areas. And, and all people don't like talk like this because it, it, it exposes things that are, are more of a spiritual nature than we thought. And sometimes that freaks people out. But it shouldn't. We're believers. We should know about the realm that our God lives in and that we're going to and living in forever. We, we need to know about these spirits. Paul said, don't be ignorant of spiritual things. First right, yeah. Corinthians 12.1, here's another translation that will bring this out. Now concerning the supernatural brethren, stop being ignorant. And don't get your info from Hollywood because they are messed up. They'll make you think the devil is some big equal opposite of God or something. He is a defeated, eternally defeated foe and he's under your feet. And you don't have to accept anything of the devil. His temptations, his fears, his diseases, his bondages. You can resist it all. Praise the Lord. But who's going to resist if they're all living too much in the natural realm? You see, if you're living, you know, the natural realm, let me just make this clear. In the natural realm, there are hopeless situations everywhere. No cure, no hope. It's over. In a spiritual realm, all things are possible to him that believes. Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. Whatever you say in my name, Jesus said, I'll do it for you. In the spirit realm, there's victory, 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 victory. Life, 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 light, 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 light. Health, 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 health. In the natural realm, there's, well, everybody gets sick once in a while and... You win some, you lose some. No! The Bible says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. You got you to watch out about being too much in the natural. It didn't say to be, to be wickedly minded as death. It said just be too naturally minded and something will start dying in your life. Why? Because there's no cure for a lot of things in the natural. Praise the Lord. Let me read you a couple of things about Fasting, because I know you really want to hear them before we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Psalm 
Jesus, when he said in Matthew 17, verse 14 through 21, when he said, how be it this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting, he's not talking about doing something to change God. He's talking about doing something that will help us be more aware of and more sensitive to the power and authority we already have in Christ and using it properly, praying on a higher level. Some things won't be fixed if we don't alter our present lifestyle a little bit. Now, in this area of fasting and praying, um, you, you can fast more than food. Actually, Moses talked about this, and he said something. He said, um, see if I can find that. Moses said something about fasting pleasurable things to spend more time with the Lord. Um, but you can go too far in, in stuff like this. So, some people have fasted too long for wrong reasons and broke down their health. We know a person mentally kind of got broke down that area because he went on way too long of a fast. The Lord didn't lead him to do it. There's really no pressing situations. He just wanted to do it for some reason, I don't know, to get more spiritual or whatever. And he went too far. I think he fasted 40 days or something and he hurt himself. Well, You'd be amazed what fasting two meals will do if you put all that time seeking the Lord and the answers you would get would blow you away. Some people, I think their motives are wrong. I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to fast 40 days. Stop. Hold off. The enemy's trying to hurt you through a truth that could really help you. Some things won't be fixed if we don't alter our present lifestyle a little bit. What do you mean? Well, if we're too natural, we need to get a little less natural and more spiritual. How do you do that? One of the best ways to do it is do a little fasting of some pleasurable things and spend that time seeking the Lord and looking to Him. Paul said he was in fastings often. In the early church, in the book of Acts, it says that they fasted and prayed and set people apart for the ministry. Other scriptures in Acts, it said they fasted. What are you talking about fasting? We're talking about saying no to some pleasurable things that are not wrong for a time to get to know God better and hear from Him more clearly. Yeah. Do you know... That sometimes we have to hurt in the flesh to help the flesh. Sometimes getting more spiritual hurts. But it'll get your body healed if you go the way you're supposed to go. How many know sometimes you got to do what you don't want to get what you do want? Do what you don't like to get what you do like. What happens before a resurrection? Uh, death. <laughs> uh, crucifixion. Right? The Bible says, what? Crucify the flesh. Why? Because it's very important that it's not your boss. Because when that time comes, not if, when that evil day comes, it has a lot to do with what have you been doing up to that point. Victory or defeat has a lot to do with what have you, how you've been living up to that point. When that crisis comes, are you all engulfed in the natural and movies and video games where you just throw out a prayer and faith is a million miles away and you hope something happens? Or have you been walking in the Spirit for a while and you're ready? I found this out. If the Lord ever deals with you about not watching a TV program for a while, or if He ever deals with you about cutting your internet time in half, or if He ever deals with you about fasting a meal here and there, if He ever does that, it's because something's coming your way He wants you ready for. Spiritually. He doesn't want you like the disciples. Why didn't my prayer work, Jesus? I thought you were going to heal me. Why didn't my prayer work, Lord? Why didn't my prayer work? And get ready for your unbelief. And some things that led up to that unbelief. Like maybe a little too natural, a little too, a little too caught up in the natural stuff and the pleasure stuff. 
God is not against us enjoying nice things, but he is against us loving those things. Hmm? Scripture says in the last days, there'd be a bunch of people who loved pleasure more than God. And Paul said, turn away from those people. There'll be people who love pleasure more than God. Pleasure is great in its place, but when, it, when you start to love it, you are in trouble. Some people feel they can't get free from certain things because they love those things too much. Hmm? So they've accepted it as who I am. Well, if you didn't love yourself so much, you could get free from you. I said, if you, if you didn't love your, if you weren't your Lord, you wouldn't be slave to your passions. But if Jesus is your Lord, it's easy to get out of a weird lifestyle. Because it ain't all about you. Now, if it's all about you, you are bound to you. Your desires are your God. Your passions are your Lord. And if you are your Lord, you will never get free from those things. You'll have to just say, I was born this way and this is the way I am. Accept me. But if you love somebody else more than you, if you love somebody else more than your desires and your passions, you can easily get out of anything you thought you couldn't get out of. But if you are your Lord, you're bound to you. And if you're a flake, you're bound to a flake. <laughs> Fasting does not give us power. It helps us spend more time in prayer to become more aware of the power we already have. Kenneth Hagin said this, and he ministered to thousands and thousands of people with tremendous results in there of healing and miracles. He said, when I did a little fasting, a little praying, like, you know, fasting a couple meals before I would minister, he said, healings came more easily when I fasted than when I just, you know, got up after a full meal or whatever. Um, here, here's an interesting thing. I don't look at commentaries very much. Um, if I ever do, I'm always checking right here to see, is this man, Lord, or is this you? And so I read a couple commentaries about the scripture where it says, how be it this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. It, this commentary said, some services in life, ministry to others, call for more than ordinary pains. Great and difficult duties require special preparation and self-denial. Because if we're not watching out about certainty, we'll fall into too natural. The disciples had power to cure that boy. Why didn't it work? Well, there were some things going on before that time of ministry that caused them not to be ready for that level of a problem. And they weren't able to do it. They tried. And then the man said, I brought him to your disciples that they would cure him and they could not. Well, they were able to, but for some reason they weren't, they weren't very successful in using what they had. Be led when it comes to fasting. Or have a really good reason to hear more clearly from God. So you have to watch out. There's times the Spirit of God will lead us to, to back off on some of these earthly things because He knows something's coming up that you're going to need to be more spiritual for. You'd be amazed at what fasting one or two meals would do. I personally, as a pastor, would never advise anybody to fast any longer than two or three days without a direct leading of the Holy Spirit 
and maybe a confirmation from your pastor that you are hearing from God. You would be amazed. Let me read you a couple things here. Could the Lord be leading us to do a little fasting and he's kind of dealing with us by his Holy Spirit by leading your pastor to teach on it? Oops. All right. So it says here, the Lord wants us, the Lord wants us ready for things that are coming our way. Abstinence from all carnal comforts and delights for a time. And the Bible says, God says, when, when you are involved with the fast I've chosen, get ready for some bands of wickedness to be loosed. Heavy burdens to be relieved because God said, is not this the fast I've chosen for you to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke of bondage. Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry? Sometimes it's good to fast, take the money you were going to have for that meal and give it to somebody who needs help. Paul, I mean, God talked about this is the fast I've chosen to loose the bands of wickedness. You can direct your fasting to setting people free in a very powerful way. You know, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians that says, husbands and wives. It says, this is where it shows you fasting could go beyond food. It says, husbands and wives are not to defraud one another in the uh, intimacy times of their relationship. So don't, don't defraud one another when it comes to, you know, intimacy. Except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And then come together again, lest Satan tempt you for your lack of self-control. So Paul said fasting even it goes into the area of, of marriage and the, and the intimacy. Fasting physical relations for a while. Why? Maybe because you have some big problems facing you and you need some Holy Ghost answers and you need some clarity to figure out what to do in this crisis. Remember what I said? Kenneth Hagin said, when I did some fasting, healings came more easily. Not that he couldn't have gotten them, but they came more easily. Kenneth Hagin said this, when you take time to humble yourself, fast and wait on God. And let me just say this. Kenneth Hagin is a spiritual father of mine and many people in the church. He's in heaven now. Wonderful gift to the church that the Lord gave. And he, he had some powerful things to say and ministry to back it up. He said, when you take your time to humble yourself, fast and wait on God and intercede in prayer, you'll have a greater anointing. You'll set many free who are bound, who have heavy burden, who are heavy burdened and who are oppressed. Fasting looses the bands of wickedness. This is my notes now. Fasting will help you keep the flesh under. It'll help you be more sensitive to the Spirit of God. Kenneth Hagin said, it's good to fast when things are pressing upon you and you need to wait on God prayerfully or the Lord may speak to you to lead you to fast. Moses talked about fasting, uh, meaning abstinence from all carnal comforts and delights for a time. Fasting will give you extra time to wait on God, which could be life-saving. People fasted at times in the Bible in times of extreme danger because they needed to hear from the Lord. Kenneth Hagin said, quote, if I had an emergency come up, I would begin to fast and pray to get an answer. I never fasted as long as three full days because I always got my answer. If I had a spiritual question, for example, I would get the revelation. Fasting will prepare you to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit so he can manifest himself through you. Brother Hagin said, I made the greatest spiritual strides yet in my ministry during that time of fasting two days a week. I shut myself up in the church and spent many hours praying. And then he said something that you're really not going to want to hear. 
Am I on a roll today or what? <laughs> Kenneth Hagin said, the Lord spoke to him and said, I'd rather you live a fasted life than just periods of fasting when problems arise or preparation for ministry. And he said, that hurt worse than episodes of fasting because now he's changed his whole mindset. His whole outlook on life is different. And now he just, he said, the Lord told me, he said, if I'll live a fast life, which basically means never give your flesh everything it always wants. If you've got three enchiladas in front of you, eat two. Show your flesh who's boss. <laughs> or if you really want to be spiritual, eat one and a half. <laughs> huh? If you really, really, really like watching a certain thing on TV, don't watch it anymore. If you get in the shower and you crank that nozzle to hot, turn it down a little bit and tell your flesh who's boss. I want it hot. I want a hot bath. You're going to have a medium bath today. And your flesh will cry for a while. I said your flesh will cry, but it will learn who's boss. When you're in a car on a hot summer day and you've got awesome air conditioning, you get in the car and you turn that thing on high, turn it down two notches just to show the flesh who's boss. If you will adopt this as a lifestyle, you como de efrandana este craicho bofroquianta. I'm giving a message in tongues, so just hear what the Spirit says. Cato freneshema pacacalino ute vina ecra ashto mote gliviano uten brandi etakai. If you will learn to live this fasted life, says the Holy Spirit, you will come up into levels of freedom and peace and joy that you've only dreamed about. For as you put the carnal nature down and tell the flesh who's boss and you yield to my Holy spirit and you come up to higher things you will enter into a realm that you've only dreamed about and it's real says the Lord it's real and I'm calling all of my people to this higher ground through a little bit of fasting spending extra time praying and seeking the Lord and you will come up above these things that have pulled you down so many years of your life and you'll live in a realm where all things are possible things will open up on the left and open up on the right health and prosperity joy and strength will begin to manifest in you and through you on a much higher level because because you came up spiritually. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up. We'll just close with that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 